0: Welcome to Wealth Well Done. Together, we'll cover a wide range of important topics surrounding money and the impact it has on our lives. From the sophisticated and highly valuable planning techniques of the ultra wealthy to the commonly underutilized biblical teachings. Together, we'll work to improve our relationship with money and our effectiveness in stewarding it well. Here's your host, Eric Scoville. Welcome to the Wealth Well Done podcast, where we go after tactical, practical, and spiritual advice to help you do your wealth well done. Uh, my guest here today, again, is Cal Rickner. Cal is the founding pastor of the Northwoods Community Church. Uh, it was a megachurch in Peoria that he uh, pastored for 32 years before recently uh, handing that one down. He is one of the few to run a megachurch for three decades without having some major scandal that plagued his uh or, you know, plagued his credibility along the way. Last week, Cal was on with us as we went on stewardship, and we talked mm-hmm. about settling the issue of ownership. If you did not listen to that one, I, I strongly, strongly encourage you to do that. That is the the basis that everything that we're talking about uh, comes from. So, please, please check that out from last week. Uh, this week, we are going back into the tactical pillar, and we are mm-hmm. going after succession planning. So, succession planning is something that is is a major deal for probably a majority of people who who are listening to this, whether they are entrepreneurs or, uh, or, you know, higher level executives, either way, the, they have, you always have to be planning your success or planning, you know, someone to come in and replace you and what that looks like. Um, from a financial planning standpoint, as I deal with entrepreneurs, it's one of the biggest things that they deal with because the majority of their assets are tied up into their business and, and how that transitions has a major, major impact on what the rest of their life looks like. Um, and obviously people people are kind of, you know, they, they put all the money into this and they hope that it's going to one day, uh, you know, sell for some big, you know, they're going to get a big check and, and just going to uh, fade off into the sunset. That normally doesn't happen like that. So I want to go after the experiences that you had in succession planning to translate that into uh, anyone. And so we're going to we're going to draw some some uh, some ties into this of how what you did within the church applies directly to someone else within the business. Before we do that, uh, we have, you know, the disclaimer we always talk about is anything we're doing here, these are, this is generic uh, advice that is meant to help you understand where you're supposed to be or, you know, good ideas for how you should maybe apply to your situation, but it's not specific to you. So please uh, take this to your own financial team and decide if, if these things we're talking about are right for you at the end of this, we'll also talk about how you could get a hold of, of, uh, Pastor Cal as well. And we can, you know, you can, he will be happy to also share with you, uh, you know, the, the advice that he's, he's received along the way. So jumping right into it, um, Cal, you have, uh, you had a mega church, you, you over 30, you know, 32 years. So you, you have run a church, which, uh, is very, very much like a business. Yeah, um, you, you've run this church for 32 years. So, that was going to be similar to someone who started a business <laughs> yep. in their twenties or thirties and and ran that out until retirement. So you have the whole thing; you've been the face of it this whole time. Everyone knows to to come to you. Everyone, um, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're the you're the man for all of this, and you had great help around you. But no matter what, you you were still the man there. Uh, help people understand a little bit of the the uh, size of the soap how many how many staff did you have?
1: Yeah, by the by the end. so of course we started with just uh, me yeah, and then
0: bootstrapping small another again, guy when we when we uh,
1: yeah, so the entrepreneur just starting out and we planted and over the course of time, um, probably by the end of or heading into uh, my transition i would say probably 100 staff so and and divided between probably 50 full time 40 some full time 50 some part time okay. so it's a small business absolutely you know when we went through covid you know we're like uh, what do we do you know we right. got to pay these people and how do we keep them on the payroll so we got a, we got a, a, a good split between full time part time okay and uh and a budget that's now over 8 million which okay. isn't mega churches go. There's mega churches out there way beyond that. But I'm sure. going, that's a pretty sizable budget. And and buildings that we built for uh probably all the stewardship campaigns we did, we built somewhere between thirty-five and forty million dollars worth of buildings. Okay. And then you've got then you got money outside the budget beyond that. So I'm saying we're probably handling coming through our hands eleven to twelve million dollars every year. Okay. That's a, so.
0: that is a substantial <laughs> business by by any account. Um, okay. And you have, and I don't want, I also want to draw the, the tie to the family side of things because, you know, there are, you you wound up choosing a successor that was your son. Um, mm-hmm. So for many, many people who own businesses, they have children who, you know, are con- contemplating being interested in this or maybe multiple children as well. So you have basically two of your four kids were interested in, and I'm going to call it the family business here. You mm-hmm. know, I, don't wanna, I don't want to, um, secularize God in a way, but but call it the family business just for the ways that this ties to to the listeners here. So you have two of your four kids are interested in the business, uh substantial staff, large budget. So you you are running a full business here. Let's go after first, how did you select your successor?
1: Yeah, that wasn't I I pretty well took myself out of that simply because I knew internal we we look first of all at do we have people internally that we believe could be the next, and uh, and then who would be our external. Okay. And since, as we looked internally, I had my elders uh, who were like the overseers for the church. Looking I removed like myself from it simply because the two internal candidates were my two sons. Yeah. I'm the one that gave them names of young pastors externally Okay. That, uh, that they could, they could uh, starting denominationally, I had a couple of people that I thought these, these guys could could do it. And uh, then it was up to the elders to decide where they wanted to start and how far they wanted to go with that. And they, they actually started internally with the whole idea that we can probably find other people who can lead, other people who can preach, this type of thing. that can do the core things that we want somebody to do. But at the end of the day, by the time they were done with the internal, they didn't really want to check too much externally because they said, We not only have the required gifts, but we have people with the DNA. Yeah. Kind of hard to get when you bring people from outside.
0: Not, and not, we're not talking the Rickner DNA, although that is also very right. powerful, but we're talking about the
1: Northwoods the DNA. Northwoods DNA yeah. And these guys had it. And that, at the end of the day, I think the elders would say, that kind of trumped, particularly when we knew they had the gifts to do it. Yeah, and we had external people come in as well to basically run my kids through tests. Okay, to say to us, do they have the requisite skills? Yeah, and both of them scored high on that. Okay, so so that applies to
0: every person who's going through succession plan. That you know th- this is. This is step number one. You have to have a good successor. And we're going to get into the, you know, the consultancy hired and, and a lot of the other wisdom. But step number one is absolutely the success. It's-
1: and I want to add to that what you don't face in the business a lot of times that you face in the church. Denominationally, we've never had a mega church. So there was never a, how do you do, how do you do this? Nobody's ever had to do what we did. Mm. And secondly, I don't know of a time where a son followed his father. And what we get accused of in the church a lot of times, that's no problem in the business. Right, of course. Is that's people say, well, it's ne- nepotism. That. It's nepotism. And so I check with some other pastors who's, whose sons followed them. I said, how do you get away from that kind of charge? And they said, it's only nepotism if your son doesn't have the requisite skills, the requisite uh, you know scholastic or or you know, we, we we have, we want them to have their Bible college trainer, the masters, whatever it might be scholastically, if they're only receiving it because they are your son, but don't talk about nepotism. If they have the requisite skills, it wouldn't even be, how do you as a church justify not even looking at them right. just because of their the pastor's son? Absolutely. And, and
0: so, any business owner absolutely feels that way because they they now they see their kids, they put their kids under a magnifying yeah. glass, uh, unlike what most people do because they've they've seen all of the warts, all of the right. the good, bad, and the ugly. But at the same time, and some 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 of you may be, you know, your kid's hardest critics. Um, some of you may turn a blind eye to every wrong thing your kid does because you just you know hold them on a pedestal too. And and there are both. So we have to be. Honest and I think you know the way that you let the board yeah. help out with that, you know, that that shows a, a
1: ton. And and the board knew I took my hands off and said, Listen, if it's not one of my not one of my sons, so be it. Yeah. You guys have to know that the person that you selected, it was done with greatest integrity and all the testing yep. and this type of thing. And I'm just saying at the end of the day. Uh, They tested out very positive, and why it was internal rather than external is because when we say the DNA, they have the DNA of Northwoods in ways that external candidates never will. Yeah. Okay.
0: All right. So, a lot of business owners struggle with the idea of if they have kids in the business, then the kids get started working in the business from a younger age often. Um, Do they send them out to go work for someone else for a while, and then- before they come in, and before they would ever start looking at you know handing the business off to them, so both of your kids had external mm-hmm. training, you know, mm-hmm. um, through this. So can you talk a little bit about the the reasons that they chose where they went for for their schooling and any other work experience um, and, and how that tied in?
1: Yeah, you know, neither of my sons that I knew at the time, uh, you know, turn the clock back a decade or, or more. John, who is now the senior pastor at Northwoods. Was studying to be a history teacher and a basketball coach. Mm-hmm. Nathan, at the time, was you know seven years younger, and we didn't know what he was going to be. Sure, he had a heart for music and stuff like this. But neither of them were demonstrating along the way that, man, Dad, I'd really love to lead a church someday and be in a church like yours and this and that. They loved our church, but it was, I, I had a pastor prophetically speak at two thousand pastors. He calls me out and has me stand up. In a meeting one day, he said, while we were worshiping, the Lord spoke to me. He said, because you put him first in your house, he's going to bless your house, and he's going to raise up one of your sons in your house. And I I kept that. I wrote it out in this type of thing. But I remember talking to the Lord about it and going, how will this be? Yeah, Because neither of my sons, they both love you, but neither of them shown that this, this is necessarily where they're heading, which I'm fine with that. My hands were off. i You can't can't force somebody to, you know, preach the gospel, lead a church. That's not what God's calling them to do. And um, so what an incredible thing. The last day of John's student teaching before he was to graduate from Toccoa Falls College in Georgia. he He called me and said, Dad, sitting out here on the back porch with these kids. And he said, someone needs to teach them history. But he said, man, they need the Lord more than they need anything else. And I feel like the Lord's calling me to be a youth pastor. So he got married that summer. His wife got a job right away in her hometown and everything. And John was basically selling sunglasses and trying to find something to support her. At which point we had a job come open in our Galesburg campus for a youth pastor. So like
0: a, a branch office for someone. Yeah.
1: And, and John had to go through all of, again, it wasn't just, well, he's the pastor's son, let's have him come be the, but I said, hey, that's open. Right. So he obviously had to talk with his wife about whether they're willing to move here and all of those types of dynamics. But he went through the process and he got that job. So he, he had the opportunity not only to start his, you know, cutting his teeth in ministry there in the Galesburg campus with the, uh, with um, the youth there. And then we had a situation where it opened up here at the Peoria campus. And of course, you know, he could submit his name if he wanted to come through the process here. And all of that, I was out of the picture. I did not, it was not, must be my son because he's the pastor's son, this type of thing. Nathan, the same way, he hasn't had maybe the extensive experience that John had with other churches, but he's had to come through the ranks and go through the very, the very system that everybody else has to go through. Yeah. And, it, and so important lesson there, because
0: if you, we talk about this on the, on some of the practical sides of, of money with your kids, you can't rob them of the character building right. opportunities. And right, and so for you to allow both John and Nathan to, to climb themselves. Make your own way. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you're there for all of the yep. wisdom and support and love, but, yep. but you have to let them, you have to let them learn and experience yes. and, and 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 develop their own you know, their own fortitude. Right. Okay.
1: Um at the end of the day, they probably wanna know that I wasn't just handed this because of my dad Absolutely. I earned my way.
0: And, and I will just say so, this now and I'm sure we'll say it again, but you have two incredible, incredible sons and and yeah, Thank so, you. And, and we're so blessed to have them, you know, leading our church now. But all right, so it's so the next piece of this Maxwell John Maxwell who was he and what not who was he, but who was he to you in terms of the the wisdom that he shared with you and how that applied to to you getting into succession planning and, and when you got started and how you approached
1: yeah him? I would say I would say it was two guys. It was John and it was Bill Hybels. Bill Hybels was sure. uh, he didn't end all that well up at Willow Creek, but I want to tell you something there was not a better church leader for a young guy like me to hang on to his coattails yeah and it was basically through John and Bill. Uh, that we started hearing about succession planning because churches did not do this well. And and again, uh, turn the clock back 50 years ago and you didn't have mega churches. You right. might have had a church that was 1,000 or 2,000 here or there. But man, when you got something that's 20,000 now, you better think about where that's going when the, the key leader leaves. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, this type of thing. So John Maxwell was the one who coined the phrase, there's no successor, or there's no success without a successor. Yeah. I'm like... Yeah, do I just want this to end with me? And Bill Hybels was the one we watched him. They probably got it wrong the first time. Moved Bill out a little bit too soon. Mm-hmm. Then he came back in. This type of thing. But Bill was the one that was talking to us all about succession planning. Uh-huh. And then there were there were other there were a number of other pastors from large churches. Bob Russell was one South S- Southeast Christian Church in in Louisville that. Really got it right as well, but I'm I, as a forty-some year old. It's just it just doesn't feel like it's in my wheelhouse yet. Like I don't come on. Don't be starting to plan my leaving. I've got a few years here, guys. Right. You know. So,
0: so that's what I and want to know. So, how,
1: how long before you actually you know made the
0: transition? Did you start working on your succession plan?
1: I would say that we, as a church or as elders, probably started talking about it a little bit more. Um, I would say around, I was probably 55 okay. when we started talking about it. Now, all of this stuff was, it was being talked about when I'm in my late forties. I remember I would take the executive team away. I was only like 48 or 49. And I remember uh, what are the big pieces that we need to look at right now? And two of my guys, I think swallowed hard. And so I think we need to talk about succession planning. And I really pushed back and said, are you guys wanting me to leave? (laughs) I say, first of all, that's not on your plate. That's an elder issue. Second of all, I'm not ready for succession at this point. I think what they were probably saying in retrospect is that we should probably have some policy around how succession planning will take place when it's time. Yeah, But we didn't even have policy around what happens if Cal was in an accident and was suddenly not here? Yeah. So I think clarifying that for people helps
0: as well. Oh, and so let that be a point to any business owner who's still in their 40s. And always, wait, do you have a plan in place? You know, we talk about getting the uh, you know, the standard operating procedures in place for every position that you have inside the right. organization. That way you're not handcuffed if, if someone you know, any number of reasons why someone's no longer able to be with you. Uh, But man, that is so much more important for the leader. And how does the business survive there?
1: Okay. So I'm getting into, I'm getting into my mid fifties and it's becoming, okay. I'm starting to ask the questions now. Mm -hmm. How, how far am I going to go? Of course, I didn't know at 55. I didn't know that yet. Right. Um, And what age were you when you, when you stepped down? I was 63 at the actual
0: transition. So eight years prior is when you started having... I would
1: say that we would start, we would keep it on the elder agenda a little bit. Mm -hmm. And part of that was just, Cal, how are you? Okay, sure. What are you feeling? You know, I had to guarantee them that you're, you're, you know, that I'm not going to just drop it on you and be out of here. Right. That when the time comes, and they also needed to be clear that if we ever feel like you're not being as effective... Because you're getting up in age, we got to be talking about this, okay? And so the day came when they said, "Let's bring." We we were we were preparing the church uh, in 2017 2018. We had this outside group called Oxano. We just felt stuck in a lot of ways. Come in and help us get off the dime again. And they said that you know, 27 years in, great place to push pause kind of start and i found myself in those meetings now 58 years old wondering as we're considering our future how much of a voice should i be having in this because we're looking out at 2030 am i going to be leading till then right and so that began to raise those kind of issues and so through them they said well we have we have a coach that could do the succession with you guys or at least help you start asking those questions. So I'm 59. When we actually brought a coach to the table, okay, and uh, and that became that. That's where the Northwood succession plan took off. I had no idea going into those meetings that I was as close to moving on. <laughs> it was all through it was all through what he brought there that i'm face to face with oh my goodness this is sooner rather than later yeah okay
0: i want to make sure we have time to to go into a little bit of after the transition how you yeah. handled it but yeah but what were the what were the like one or two biggest things that they that they brought to the table that you you as yep. a, as an elder board worked on um that helped it be successful
1: well, I would say for me, uh, how, how do you know when you're there is the big question. Okay. And uh, it's kind of like, you know, when kids say, well, how, how did you know that your wife, you know, when, when you were in love, that this was the right one? And yeah. what, what do we usually say? Well, you just know, you know, mm-hmm. it's hard to kind of put dynamics around that. But what I can tell you is that at 30, I couldn't conceive of somebody else sitting in my chair. If I wasn't going to sit in the chair at Northwoods, I could be sitting in that chair somewhere. Right. Because that's what I was built to do. Right. 35, 40, 45. Yes, you get tired. Yes, you need time away. Yes, you need to be renewed. But when you ultimately come back, it's like that quarterback of the team going, oh, I want the ball in my hands. That's I want my the team. ball in my hands. Right. That's my team. 50 still, 55. But I'll tell you at 59, something shifted. I wouldn't make sure it wasn't because I was tired or any of those types of things. It was like, you know what? only a leader knows the weight of that leadership. Only you deal with the day. There's things that keep you up that nobody else has to worry about. Yeah. There is a weight that goes with leadership. And I found at 59, somewhere out there in the late 50s, I was like, I would really be okay to lay this down. Okay. And... Then it became, all right, how do we do that well? And when exactly should I lay it down? Yeah. And so that led to that just led to the um, the idea that it'll be a three and a half year. Uh, we had to decide in business is it going to be a stop and go? Is it just going to be you stop and somebody else starts? Are you going to do a model of an overlap? Yep. Praise God, we had the financial resources to do an overlap once that person was selected. Yep. Then he just moved up next to me. I started handing off more and more to him and doing less and less yeah. so that by the time it was time for him to step in, we're off We're off and going. It was three and a half years of that. Right. And so I, I just want to say to people, too, here's here's part of it. There, there are kind of three reasons, I, I think, three big reasons why people who should be considering succession don't. Now, in ministry, this is probably different than in business a lot of times they don't they don't feel like they have the financial resources sure and so how, what am i going to do without that paycheck right that's why what you're doing is really important get people set up there so it doesn't have to be i'm bound by the paycheck for the rest of my life secondly identity issues who am i if i'm not on this stage and speaking and this is where all my influence my importance and all this type of stuff has come from absolutely so identity issues and then the third is just future you know what am I going to do with my life? And so this is where I'll say it, t- it kind of leads me directly into the other question that you were asking. I, I grieved for two months when I, we, we traveled for nine months yep. and I was, I recognize now I was kind of grieving for two months trying to figure out who I was apart from what I just laid down. Yeah. And I realized that all of my reading and all of my study had been geared towards getting the succession right but I hadn't read for myself. What, what, what's it supposed to be like on the other side? right? And so I would just say to anybody that's there right now, maybe you're not even considering succession, maybe you're getting ready for the planning, I would put uh, two books in your hand right now that maybe could help you. Is Just read this book by Robert Wolgamuth called Gun Lap. The whole idea of when the runners come around for their last lap, the gun goes off. Right. And he's written this book to people in their 50s and 60s who are approaching kind of their last lap yep. in business in church where doesn't mean the end of your life no it's just but the end of the race for what you've been doing for you know the, so that was really good gun lap okay and then the other one was called retiring well even mm-hmm. though I don't it's by a Dr. John Dunlop that even though I don't call what I'm doing retirement I, <laughs> I always call it we call it a transition So, I get to say in transition, you get to do what's desired rather than what's required. Yeah. And so, a lot of us come to the end of maybe our business life. Doesn't mean we don't still have a lot of desires for what we want to do. Right. But these guys really, really speak into letting the Lord form a whole new vision for your future. Yeah. That's maybe different than what you've been doing right now, but He's not done with you. Well, I I think that's so good because He's actually...
0: Amplified your voice, maybe even more today than it was when you were the the senior pastor. You here here where most of your message was contained locally, and now it's yeah. being spread out even further. Yeah. And so, and, and you're you're influencing the next generation of pastors as well. Right. And you are, yeah, he's still using you mightily. And for anyone who's looking at retirement, you cannot. You cannot you know, think that I'm just going to leave and then go sit on a beach and sip on yeah. umbrella drinks and, and, and play golf every day. Right. You, the body just fades away if it doesn't have a purpose. We are designed to run hard till the end. And, and,
1: so, and when you talked about influence, Eric, uh, I'm just speaking to business leaders out, right, out there right now. You have no idea the role you can play in the lives absolutely. of young business guys if you'll start thinking Just like when you hit your 50s and your 60s, you tend to become grandparents. If you could just step back for a little bit and say, I need to become a father to people in this business. yeah, And all of a sudden, it opens up future for you that if I can just get young guys who have my heart, who... They look up to you because of what you've done. Holy cow, spend the rest of your life pouring into them. And I'm telling you, there's no greater way to leave a legacy. Right? It's, it's kind of like, again, uh, I'm a Packer, so I've watched when Brett Favre handed over to Aaron Rodgers. Brett wanted nothing to do with training Aaron. Now, Aaron learned from him by being there. But I'm going, What what could be greater for Brett right now than knowing that he spent his last three years pouring into the guy that was going to lead it after that. And I would say the same to Aaron's done a little bit better job now that he's leaving, but I think he's really poured into Jordan Lump. I'm saying, what do you gain by keeping the person who's going to follow you from the very stuff, you know, right. Give it to him. And, and it just opens up your future. So much to more. be a person who was just pouring into those young. So that's what helped me when I realized that Cal, you can keep, you can stay on this stage till you're 70. You can stay on this stage till you're 80. I think the elders probably allowed that to happen, mm-hmm. but I can't think of anything. First of all, I didn't want the weight anymore. So it wasn't fair to the church. Right. It's like, if I would have had to do a stewardship campaign, I probably said, I'm not doing another stewardship campaign. So it's like, you know when you've climbed the mountain enough that you really don't want to climb the mountain anymore, guys. Find somebody in your business that wants to climb the mountain, right? And it doesn't mean your job's over. Step back now, and become the coach, and become the cheerleader, and become the mentor, and you're never done then. So let let's go there.
0: The the step back piece, and man, that's so good, Cal. Um, you did something unusual. That I think has led to it, and the, the title of this is going to be, you know, succession. That that you know, basically, successful succession. Yeah, because it has gone so incredibly well. Here we are, a little bit over a year um, after, and it has gone so well. Yeah. and you just stepped back on stage for the first time. Yeah, uh, you know, one year, year to the day. One year to the day. The, but what has happened and is is our church has has completely transitioned from you being the senior pastor and the plan was never for you to just step away and not be involved with the church anymore but had you just said okay you know i'm senior pastor today tomorrow john's senior pastor senior pastor and then you show up to work the next day guess what happens Yep, no transition because everyone still comes to you for everything so talk to us a little bit about what why you did what
1: you did there. You briefly mentioned earlier how you went on the sabbatical. Talk yes. to us a little bit about. Part of that was the coach saying, this church, this church has only known you as a senior pastor for 32 years. So so take that to your business. You've been the guy running it. It's the only, it's the only thing that most people have known is you running it. So at transition, in order for the next person to really put their thumbprint on it, And for it to become theirs, you have to leave. Now, in my leaving, John always knew he had my ear. Yeah. Because he's new. John, call anytime. But I had to be out of there. Because what happens? Guess who people are going to call when they have a problem? Guess what? People are going to come to me. Well, they're changing and they're doing this now. And why don't you do something about that? And I don't want to be around that. I want to just be supporting the guy that's in there right now. Right. Okay? Now, a year... So a year later it's kind of like I'm reconnecting. I'm doing I said, "John, I'm here. Use me how you want to use me. You got first dibs on my time. So they can put me where they want they 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 want me, but what I've what I've said to John and I've made it very very clear with people, he is the leader and I will never question anything that that he's doing. Hmm. You know, if it's different than how I used to do it. And uh and and yet he knows. He can call me anytime. And he does. My sons call me. Dad, what about this? What about this? How do you do this? How do you do that? I love that role. Yeah. But I want people to know my hands are off. And and this is what I, I find sometimes that if it's fathers to their sons, if you have transitioned and you've done it well, let your son run the business. Let him make the changes that he wants to make. Get out of it. Because so for the church, you, you really
0: led a generation or two, but but you have said it's time for another generation to step in, which means your son who's significantly younger than you is going to do it differently than you did. And, and you have identified while the identity of the church is still the same, it is, it is, you know, what we're doing for Christ, but, but it's going to
1: look different. Yep. And, and I've told them too, I don't. They, they loved some of the ministries that I developed that make us like that word and spirit church. So I don't see him necessarily going away from those things. But if he ever decided and the elders decided that those ministries need to transition and become something else, more power to him. Right. I'm not going to sit here and go, wait a minute. You know, we raised those up and we did this and, and, and you guys can't be changing that. Every business goes through this. You, you have, have to change. That's why I say I had to part of why I had to leave and I told him I'm not. You know, you call me anytime, but you need to know my hands are off. Yeah. And I'm not going to be sitting here putting my voice into the changes that you're making and saying, why are you doing that? Why are you doing this? And they're not going to hear that out of me. And so I'm just saying, when you transition, make sure you transition. Yeah. And then your voice is welcome at the table when they ask you. Right. And if you do this well, they will ask you. They will want your input. But, but take your hands as off. As a
0: senior consultant That's right. rather than as That's exactly the, as right the man in charge. So okay, that that is so good. The but as we wrap up here, I want to go after a couple of things. What milestones did you have prior to doing the handoff? Like you as you as you knew at 58 that that this is coming, you know, four or five years from now, what other milestone goals did you have that you were trying to see done before you made the transition
1: yeah well one was to make sure that we were financially secure uh and it we were i i thought my last thing is to leave john a church with no debt okay so we retired debt yeah and even through covid it was unbelievable we had a year where we just went after that and we got out of debt Yeah. our coach would have said are there any other major projects If like There weren't, but if there were some major projects that needed to be done, let's say the church needed to be, you know, a whole new uh, carpeted or the the parking lot needed to be repaved. I think there was one of those that was close to in there as well that he said, don't make your successor be the guy that has to go to the church the very first year and say, boy, we got to do this. We got to do this. We got to do this. You use your voice and you use your influence. So some of that was, is there anything, we, we were asking that as elders, is there anything right now yeah. in Cal's last three and a half years that we should get done so that he can utilize his influence there rather than making that have to be John yeah. in his very first year? And just that goes to importance. Of and them. so our idea was just leave him in a place where they're fan- financially strong, they're financially secure. The buildings are are good. The staff is where it needs to be. Yeah. I even told him too. If there's staff that, for whatever reason, need to move on, don't make that your first thing. If there's anything you need me to do in transitioning, how you want to see this, right? Uh, we'll we'll just do it and and make me the guy that they blame, right? R- rather than you being the guy. Well, they blame. That, and, and <laughs> that's selfless,
0: but that is that 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 is planning to the T with this because you gave him a, a clear runway right. to, to jump in and get started without right. without some of those
1: unnecessary heavy lifts there. Yeah, um, that's a great question though because they absolutely spoke into that. Okay, all
0: right. I think that honestly, this applies to every single business owner or even you know someone else who, who is in a key role inside a company that is looking at the, the transition process. So thank you for that. Um, the
1: Can I give you one more line in there? Please. All through transition. This, you may not think of this as a business owner and and but it relates to you as much as it does to anybody in the church. They said part of why we put off, put off, put off, knowing that you know we we prolong the inevitable. We're all going to have to transition right. So you can only put it off so long. We said part of why we do is like when we're young, Now, think about where you were when you were 25 years old, 30 years old, and you were dreaming about you know, how to maximize your potential in the business you wanted to see. What were you doing? They said, you were casting your faith forward and your fears behind you. You didn't let fear keep you from going after what you wanted to do. said, part of what happens when we get older, it's just inevitable because now we got more lose. Sure. And we've been doing it for so long. We don't know who we are. They said, we start casting our fears forward and our faith behind us. Okay. That was powerful for me. Yeah. Because I was always a faith forward guy. And now I'm going, well, what will I do if I'm not doing that? cast your faith forward, your fear behind you. <laughs> God has something new for you. Yeah. And I mean I lived with that. You know, I made that my that was actually my uh my password on my computer faith forward 2022 or whatever you
0: know <laughs> he's changed it since then <laughs> yeah
1: i have. That, you can't get in there with that one no that, that's so good
0: thank you that that is a great way to close this and, and you have and now here you know you're now going in and consulting you are going and speaking at other other yeah. uh, churches around the country you are being used in in other ways um if someone wanted to get a hold of you whether it was you know we, someone wanted to bring you in for to teach their church
1: or to yeah. to
0: consult, you know, yeah. on, a, on
1: a business standpoint or anything else like that. How, yeah. how does someone get a hold of you now? Just CJR at Northwoods.church. Okay. CJR at Northwoods dot church. Okay. And uh yeah, that's my heart today. So okay. just take this to young pastors, other churches, whatever we can do. Yeah. Well and I, I think giving awesome. me that opportunity with even business leaders. I Absolutely. hope that I hope there's just principles that apply across the line. You know? Yeah.
0: Okay. All right. Cal that is such an honor. Thank to you to have buddy. you on. Thank you for being here. Thank you for the wisdom you've shared. Thank and you. And thank brother. you for the listeners. Have a great, great week. And we'll see you again next week. Thank you again for listening to Wealth Well Done. Be sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast player. And together, we'll continue to improve our relationship with money and our effectiveness in stewarding it well.